Uh, another chilly morning. It's This weekend was one of those uh, emergencies where I had to run outside, gr- grab every bonsai that was out there on the deck, and run them into the garage and put them on a table in the garage and then turn something on just to, to you know, it's just a little too cold even for bonsai trees. That's how you know when it's cold. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, on the WORDX page. If that's your cup of tea. A lot of talk about who's going to replace Biden. Biden's, he's decrepit, he's the mummified, uh, you know, meat puppet, that kind of stuff. All of his frequent falls and his garbled speech, total disorientation anywhere, except when he's watching the Matlock Marathon. Why in New York City, 62% of New York City thinks he cannot handle the job. And he can't look to Scamala because nobody likes her. She has a lower approval rating than Mike Pence, Joe Biden, Dick Cheney, and Al Gore when they were vice president after the same number of days as vice president. Now, who else on the on the on the uh, geriatric Democrat bench is there? Well, then we start getting into younger people. Like somebody's trying to make a case for Michelle Obama, swooping into the race at the last minute, avoiding a messy primary season, but uh, not, you know, not very likely. Not very likely. I think she'd rather be the president of a of a Harvard. Then you got Gavin Newsom or Gretchen Whitmer or Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who could decide he was a he decided to be a legacy Democrat. But it'd be far simpler for the Democrats to replace him by just letting him lose. And they think they have a plan in place, I think. And you've been seeing it. We've been we've been hinting at it, you know. Already running. Who could replace Biden? And would continue many of the policies currently in place would not make any waves at all. Appealing enough to the left and the donor class, they they are all in on this. And we're talking about Nikki Haley. So now, actually, her prediction of it being a two-person race, which it's actually a one-person race, but a two-person race, has now come true as Ron DeSantis has stepped aside because he read the tea leaves. And... You know, sometimes when you're pushing a bad position, it is better to retire from that particular event and save yourself, save your stamina, because there'll be another day. Now, after the Iowa caucus, she, Nikki got out there and channeled her inner Joe Biden by calling a, a two-person race, despite her finishing third in the guy who's now dropped out <laughs> to the guy. And, uh, you know, that sounds like Joe Biden... Literally convincing Strom Thurmond, when he was a segregationist, to vote for the Civil Rights Act in 1964, when Biden was 22 at the time. Supposedly a football star, triple major, college kid appointed to the U.S. Naval Academy and the all-master being of time, space, and dimension. Now, why would Haley be the Democrats' Biden replacement? Are they supporting her candidacy? Yes, they are, like Reed Hoffman, who was also an Epstein Island visitor. He, he gave Nikki uh, $250,000. A 
and the reason to do that would be uh, he approves of the platform and the plans. And he's not only funding Haley's campaign, but also E. Jean Carroll's farcical lawsuit against Donald Trump. Would Haley be beholden to the leftist politics and agenda of the Reed Hoffmans? Then there's the open borders Trump-hating Koch brothers endorsed and are financially, financially supporting Haley's campaign too. And maybe they like Nikki's position on the border rather than Trump's build the wall approach. Then there's former House Speaker Paul Ryan who couldn't lobby his caucus to find a southern border and he's lobbying congressional Republicans to support Haley. Bill Kristol has endorsed Haley. Probably shares the Nikki I Love War platform for America. And what are her views on illegal immigration? Well, she wants to roll out the welcome mat. We don't need to talk about them as criminals. They're not. They're families that want a better life. So, Rasmussen reports asked uh, U.S. likely voters if the current surge of migration was an invasion. 77% of Democrats said, or excuse me, Republicans said it was, reflecting the hordes of military-age men streaming across the border as opposed to the families wanting a better life. And they're not all criminals, but many are. Like the four-time deported migrant from El Salvador who killed a Colorado mother and son in a drunk driving crash. And Nikki Haley supported the George Floyd BLM riots. She got out there and tweeted, in order to heal, it needs to be personal and painful for everybody. Does that mean painful for those who had nothing to do with George Floyd but had their businesses destroyed in their riots? How about the Ukraine war? Right now, half of the Republicans now say U.S. is providing too much in aid. And Haley says this is a war about freedom. It's one we have to win. And Joe Biden and his Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, they agree. She wants the war to continue. She wants to keep her military-industrial complex donors happy and wealthy. She served on the board of Boeing, a company with a lot of military contracts. And that's always profitable during wartime. And Haley has said that climate change is real and supports carbon capture. John Kerry and AOC agree on that one. And then there's the current censorship state with her proposed requirement that social media companies ban people from posting anonymously online for national security reasons. And we've had Republicans in the mold of Nikki Haley, like President H.W. Bush, George H.W. Read my lips, no new taxes. Well, after he uh, proclaimed that, they picked Bill Clinton. Then GW, he pushed us into a 20-year war in the Middle East, destroyed countries and wasted trillions in American wealth. He also ushered in the surveillance police state, now further weaponized by Obama and Biden against political opponents. He gave us John Roberts leading the high court and won Harriet Myers as Roberts' sidekick. He also pushed for amnesty for illegal aliens, and Haley would likely follow a similar path, accepting Gaza refugees into the U.S. under the logic, America has always been sympathetic to the fact that you can separate civilians from terrorists. I mean, you do have to ask him their name, though, Nikki. How are they going to question this? Anybody that questioned Barack Obama's eligibility were decried as birthers. Will the Democrats question Haley's eligibility? 
And then there's the wannabes, the John McCain's, another warmonger, and deciding to keep Obamacare in place. Mitt Romney voted to remove Donald Trump from office. And Nikki Haley is the latest version of the neocon globalist Republican and those who have come before her. And you could expect during a Haley presidency, war with Russia, China, North Korea, and or Iran, depending on if she had time. Comprehensive immigration reform, Bush style, will be resurrected with a path to citizenship, which would mean amnesty, for the tens of millions of migrants who came to America under Biden, forever changing the whole demographic and look of the country. Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito will retire from the high court, replaced by moderates in the mold of John Roberts or David Souter. The climate agenda would move forward. Gun rights will shrink. Another 9-11 type event. Maybe blamed on Trump supporters. <laughs> and that, then we get version two of the Patriot Act, which is a further erosion of uh, liberty and freedom. And the deep state's going to remain untouched with no reckoning for the crimes of Russiagate, COVID, and a weaponized intelligence and justice system. So no wonder, no wonder, the Democrats are embracing this candidacy. Better her than a Trump-Biden matchup, which Trump would likely win. Now, she wouldn't be an Obama puppet like Biden, but the problem here is that she would govern similarly enough that the ruling class would be happy for her to continue. And she would continue much of the Biden agenda, even if she carries an R after her name. So I don't really expect to see any uh, any surprise coming anytime soon. Unless, of course... Nikki Haley drops out. Although I did hear the other day that uh, with all the speculation about Trump picking her as his running mate, that he doesn't consider her to be presidential timber. And so she would never get that slot, which is good. That's good. Because when the when the Democrats start liking, if you're going to get out there and your whole platform is, I bring everybody into the tent, that means you stand for nothing except what they want. This is the primaries, not the general. That's when you that's when you press that into play. You put that in the general. This is the primary, Nikki. So forget about it. You know, the problem with the World Economic Forum wannabe dictators is they've never they, they forgot the story of Marie Antoinette. I'll remind them. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D. So I, I <laughs> now listen, well, I'll address that in just a second. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and Twitter or X, whichever you call it nowadays. On the text line, I guess 989 will stop pushing Ronnie now. So, I, you know, I, sometimes I see these and I, I'm, I'm a little mystified by them because on radio, when during election season, everybody, I mean, Joe Biden can 
run an ad here if he so chooses to do so. That's called equal time. It's a law. And we are law-abiding at WORD. So, and, and, and then the rest of it, as far as whatever the opinion pieces may or may not be, um, you know, you, you, you could always call in and make whatever argument you're making. So if you, if you, so I, I guess you were either not for Ron DeSantis or you are for him or whatever, but that's the comment. I guess we'll stop pushing him. I was never pushing them, and I don't know about anybody else pushing them, but if they were, that's fine. We all get to pick who we want to be the president. And then we do this thing called the primary, and then if it doesn't work for, out for them, then we supposedly coalesce behind the nominee because we are a thinking animal, right? Is, is, am, am, I, am I getting anywhere close on that one? During a grief counseling session for the professional censors and propagandists at the World Economic Forum, the Wall Street Journal's editor-in-chief complained to them, if you really go, if you go back really not that long ago, we owned the news. We were the gatekeepers, and we very much owned the facts as well. If it was said in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, then that was a fact. Sorry. See, the problem is that the commoners got choices and they started making them because we're free people and uh lots of of the commoners that you look down upon are rapidly waking up to the reality that the news is not about the news it's about a bunch of corporate spin doctors that are just as culpable for the chaos as the you know the the, the money printers and the out of control spy agencies and the multinational corporate behemoths that try to manipulate global events and people around the globe we, we, we're just like, uh, you know, the Rowdy Roddy Piper character and they live and we put on the sunglasses and we see you for the monsters you really are. And that's probably why two-thirds of American elites um, believe that we enjoy too many, too many, too many individual freedoms. So, <laughs> and... Uh, you know, the public's awakening strings, you know, explains why there's a string of international despots in Davos telling the WEF master race that the greatest threat is to continued global control is free speech. Don't worry about World War Three or any real lethal pandemics or cyber attacks or debt bomb or inf even the infrastructure killing electromagnetic pulse that might come from the sun. Because there's no more, nothing more frightening for the elites than you doing your own free critical thinking. This is why the other day they came out and they said uh, Joe Rogan was a, a right-wing crazy man. And that's because he doesn't go along with the groupthink. He is not right-wing at all. He might be, uh, you know, he might be moderate right on a good day. But what he is is he's a free thinker, and he says whatever he thinks. And, you know, that's bad, according to the elites. It also reveals that two-thirds of the non-elites believe that centralized government control has become a serious threat to human liberty. That's not supposed to be happening. We're supposed to be sitting back here just grinning stupid and going, we owe nothing and we like it. More crickets? Now, there's a good possibility that we will see other wars fighting 
because between nation states. But there's nearly as, in, as equal a chance that we're going to be fighting and it's going to be freedom-loving people against the international institutions that want to be totalitarian and, and uh, tyrants. You got Klaus Schwab, who, remember, the WEF is the Klaus Schwab Vanity Project. That's really what it is. That's really what it is. It's sort of like the way the NRA was under Wayne LaPierre. And they get out there and they're arguing these things. They want you to believe that they're so smart that there's no way that they, they could be wrong. And, you know, Schwab gets out there and says democratic elections will soon be replaced with artificial intelligence. But when that happens, instead of us just simply going there and going, oh, no, we're doomed. We should be just preparing. When they're so desperate to advance climate change communism that they demand fishing and farming be treated as a serious crime. Well, you know that a new era of tyranny is here. The biggest thing standing in their, in our, in their way is uh, the United States. The United States has a defense budget that dwarfs the rest of the world's, and, you know, as a matter of fact, in some cases, it dwarfs their GDP. Now, along the way, you know, we had the formation of the FBI, the CIA, and the NSA, created out of whole cloth an entirely new branch of government free from legislative accountability, judicial constraint, or public scrutiny. They are not free from kinetic action. They are not free from physical retaliation. But, you know, everybody thinks that they're like, you know, superhuman, so they, they ride that, they, they surf that wave. So, here in the United States, they've been trying to do the same thing. I mean, what's the biggest thing? Nobody in the United States thinks illegal immigration should be allowed to just happen. And yet, it, it is happening right now as we speak. It's either about the cheap labor, or it's about chaos, which sows the seeds of control. And coming off the border, we got organized crime, transnational terrorism, narcotics-related mass murder, and sex slave trafficking. Isn't it just like Christmas? Then you got the, the resident. He got out the other day and once again threatened the United States populace with the military. <laughs> he thinks the AR-15 is no match for the F-16 fighter aircraft. Well, that's true. One-on-one, -on -one, it's a losing proposition. He just has no idea what he's talking about beyond that. Because, you know, F-16s have to land. They have to have a crew. The pilot can be Tom Cruise, but he's got to have a whole bunch of, um, you know, wrench twisters on the ground keeping him up in the air. So, the biggest issue for the World Economic Forum and for the Democrats today is you. And uh, I think it's probably a smoking hot idea if we continue along that angle. I like that much better. I think we should continue to do that. Coming up next from investusa.org is going to be Michael Letts. See what's on his mind today. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. We uh, 
We've had that report come out about Uvalde, which is, well, sort of ridiculous. But joining me now to talk about that from investusa.org is Michael Letts. Michael, you have a uh, how, how long? How big is your background in law enforcement? <laughs> Thirty-two years. Thirty-two years now. Um, why did we have to have a report as big as the DOJ did? when they had, what was it, 147 officers in a hallway in Uvalde at a door that was not locked with a rampage killer in a room with children. Why did we have to, why did we, why did it take this long to do a report about this and what could they possibly say that takes 600 pages to say? <laughs> well, yeah, I love the way you put it, Bill, because quite frankly, there is no answer for that in this sense. The report's not even complete. Here, here is one key element that they left out of the report is that, first of all, the assailant had stated on the Internet that he was going to uh, attack a school. Now, he didn't state that 10 seconds before it happened. That was 48 hours before it happened. Here is one of the points that DOJ needs to be aware of in all of his reports, okay? All active shooter reports. Every active shooter situation has had precursors beforehand 24 to 48 hours they get on the internet and can't help themselves and i'm so mad i'm going to do this and do that in the next couple of days now remember the fbi is supposed to be monitoring because you know they are they're monitoring conservatives i can tell you that if you say anything about uh, january 6th or maga or anything along those lines they've got a file on you already started so they should they have the capacity anytime somebody says i'm going to do a mass shooting to immediately peg it and to immediately notify local law enforcement and the feds in that area just to go by and say, hey, saw you posted this. Uh, Want to let you know we're watching. Want to let you know we're checking to see what firearms you have. They could easily have thwarted it. You understand what I'm saying? Right. None of that was addressed in this report. What was addressed in this report is what we all knew for a fact. First of all, we had incompetency. Second of all, because of the fact you had uh, such Black Lives Matters, Antifa and others, the defund the police movement, putting everybody on edge, on alert about what to do or not to do. Nobody wanted to take the, uh, the, the lead role. And thirdly, they all disregarded their training. We have for years now, in the initial time, decades ago, when you had a active shooter call, which was somebody that had a rifle or an automatic weapon, you, are, you, you as a responding officer were ordered to clear the scene. In other words, keep people away from it and wait for SWAT. We revised those standards years and years ago. Now when there's an active shooter, you're immediately to engage. You're it. You know, hopefully you get back up, but you're immediately to engage. And so that's what should have happened here. But nobody wanted to engage because of the fact that they were scared. And then the fact of the matter is that they didn't know if they would get in trouble. By doing that, I don't know how you get in trouble by abiding procedures. And so they all sat around and kind of pointed a finger. Who wants to go in first? Not me. How about you? And nobody <laughs> provided leadership. Yeah. So that was the problem. But I think the funny part about what you said is it took them 600 pages to address everything except for what, of course, affected them. Now I'm going to talk about their failures, trying to point the blame. And the blame is very simple. The blame falls on the mass media having created a scenario where cops are scared to do their job because they're scared they're going to get sued. We have a um, 
climate situation in this country where there is no leadership. And we have law enforcement that try to be politically correct. All those are recipes for disaster, which is what you had here. But like I said, the most important thing about it that they didn't even address, Bill, was there was a precursor to this. Right. Why didn't you do anything about it? Well, it, it never came up. Here's my question. Right. In the modern era, the rampage shooting that really grabbed everybody's attention the first time it happened was Columbine. Correct. Now, after we had those uh, planes parked in the skyscrapers, we put air marshals in place. Correct. Maybe not on every flight, but the 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 specter of that was out there. And we reinforced the we reinforced the uh, the cabin getting into the pilot's cockpit. And we did everything we could to make sure that doesn't happen again. And it has not happened again. Right. We got other issues with airlines, but you know, not the, not that particular one. Uh, with banks, banks have armed guards on hand. Everything out there is has an armed. I mean, you can't go to. I can't carry a weapon into the uh, Williams Bryce Stadium because of the threat. But at schools, we just we just leave it as a big, soft, open target all the time. And then when it happens, we're all sitting out there going, "Harump, harump! We must get rid of guns." When, in fact, I mean, I honestly think they do this so that rampage shootings will occur and we'll all sit back and be horrified by it. I agree. They do that for their narrative. Remember, their narrative is to control the American people. Can't control the American people if they're armed, so we've got to continue to create scenarios where people think arms are bad. You know, the sad part about this a couple times, because remember, I was very familiar with this case. Went out there, actually. Um, a couple things that most people don't really realize is when it first occurred, okay, and the, and the assailant was making his way towards the door to get in. Hadn't shot anybody yet, okay, but he had a rifle, all right? I mean, that's kind of, you, you're not walking into school, you know, moving and moving your gun around, you know, because you, you're coming there to show and tell, all right? Yeah, you're yep, the first yep. thing in the morning. Officer happened to pull up on the scene, pulled his weapon, radioed over on his shoulder, assailant inside, do I have permission to fire? Nobody responded. So the assailant went on in and killed everybody, killed and killed 29 people. Here is the point, two things. I criticize the officer, and I've always cared about doing that because I, I know what it's like to be in those situations, the adrenaline running and that kind of thing. But you need to drive home to your officers. You do what's right, period. I'll take the flack if there is any afterwards. That officer shouldn't have had to radio that in. He should have radioed in as he was drawing his weapon, assailant in sight. You know, shots fired, boom, taking him out right then and there. That'll be the end of it. Second of all, you can tell how important it was to the leadership when the call went in, nobody responded. I mean, you talk about a failure, and then, of course, he just went downhill from there. Once he was inside, then the initial officers on the scene rushed in and said, hey, let's go. Oh, no, 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 I think we better wait. You know, they're telling me they're, they're the police uh, district, you remember the, the – uh, Law, the school system has its own police force at that time. Right. You know, the police chief here has not signed off on yet. He's here, but he's not signed off on what to do. We're all to stand down. Right. But then you had yes, a couple I... officers that were, you know, state officers who said, the hell with this, we're going in. No, you're not. You know, where it's protocol, there's standard. And what somebody should have said is looked at it and said, I don't give a damn about protocol. We're going to save kids. I'm going in. Boom. That would have been the end of it. Would have taken them out after just a few had been, uh, uh, been shot. Nobody was willing to take a backbone. And why is that? Because we've created such a climate 
that people are scared to do the job. Yeah. And that, that is a shame, which is one of the things I appreciate about President Trump. He has said one of his first actions in office will be to make sure that it is clearly understood nationwide that police have immunity. You do your job. You protect the people. Somebody wants to sue about it or complain about it later, we'll figure it out later, but you're going to be protected. Yep, do that first. That's the only way you get the job done, Bill. Indeed. Running out of time, Michael, thank you for joining me again. Thank you, Bill. God bless. God bless America. Yes, sir. When we get back, now that DeSantis is out, the Democrats, all this thing that they say they've been wanting, here it comes. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on Facebook and X. And I'm looking at it and somebody, mute mute that for me there, Maestro. Somebody's angry with me. Maria Gautier hyphen love. Why are you angry about the stream? (laughs) Why, Maria? Why? I've done nothing to you. I'm just giving you my opinion. You don't even have to stay around and put up with it. You can maneuver on somewhere else. But you know what? I didn't come here to be liked by everybody anyway. Well, Ron DeSantis has dropped out now. And Ron DeSantis got out there and he used a, he, he led with a Churchill quotation and then he endorsed Donald Trump. He thought GOP... DeSantis got in the race because he thought... The voters would favor a candidate with policies consistent with Trump's, but without the baggage. But then Alvin Bragg decided to, uh, you know, go after him, and that just, you know, that just put a bow on him for us. <laughs> and um, the neo-Marxist leftists have just succeeded in turning 2024, and for them, an existential election. Now. Despite all sorts of Democrat claims to the contrary, democracy is not on the line in 2024, as we are not and have never been and are not going to be a democracy. On the other hand, the last vestiges of a constitutional republic, that is on the line. And that's why Donald Trump is now the inevitable Republican nominee for president. If we could have reincarnated Abraham Lincoln, I might would have gone that way. Ditto with Ronald Reagan, but you know, can't. We can only assume that the neo-Soviet left decided in 2021 or 22 that they could beat a wounded Donald Trump in 2024, perhaps even without massive fraud or fraud. So they wanted the Republicans to nominate Trump for this reason. That scenario is the most reasonable explanation for the lawfare they're waging against Trump in the federal courts and in the uh, ludicrous charges that go along with it. And, you know, if you we keep hearing about all the charges. Well, first of all, Jack Smith has got a charge for mishandling classified documents, which it will get brought out about Biden and his document handling. And then uh, it'll all, all of these things will end up with the Supreme Court. Watch and see. Then there's the New York case by Alvin Bragg for hush money payments to Stormy Daniels, which was brought without any due process protection for Trump. Doomed. 
a New York case by Letitia James for business fraud, which everybody that develops, everybody that develops real estate in New York overvalues the asset. That's the way they deal with the bank. This is that this is the East German way of trying to prosecute somebody and find the crime after they start. Then there's the Fannie Willis Rico thing, which is a ridiculous overreach uh, brought about by this law. And of course, everything's coming out about her and all of her collaborations and everything else. All of these things are not going to amount to that much. And we know it. And everybody else knows it too. The you know, on top of the J6 prosecutions, uh, which was a non-event, uh, you know, but they're playing it as stopping the second coming of the Civil War. Um, this is this is you know this is their way of saying contest contest our right to rule and we're going to destroy you. So they've turned Trump unwittingly into America's last hope to withstand their neo-Marxist coup. And you know what? If they had left it alone, this would not have happened. The Republicans and their inaction created Trump. The Democrats and their grab for power recreated and resurrected Trump. If they had left him alone in the first time out there, he probably would have governed uh, America as a moderate Democrat because all he was interested in was the economy. But they were looking for permanent victory with Hillary and they, uh, you know, when Trump beat them and you voted for him for, for him for this, uh, they just couldn't have that. They could not have that. You had to be shown. They are in the same mind and the same vanity and the same arrogance as uh, Dr. Frankenstein in the Mary Shelley book, where he thinks he can create life, where he can, too can be God. But then when they create that which they thought that they can control, they can't. And they have driven our nation almost to a point of no return. And they have made, you know, they, they're always trying to push this air of inevitability. It was inevitable that Hillary Clinton was going to be president. They made it inevitable that Donald Trump is the Republican nominee. And they can get out there and spin the polls any way they want to. Uh, they're going to they're going to stick with the, the easiest way for them to do things. And that's the way they do things is the easiest way. They're not going to throw out an incumbent president. They might want to. They would love to figure it out, but they can't do it. They can't handle the optic. They've been propping him up all this time. Now they just can't come out and say he was, you know, we were, we were lying to you the whole time. He's just a meat puppet. They painted themselves into a corner. I hope they enjoy that. <laughs> I do, I do. I hope they enjoy that a great deal. I'm going to enjoy it. We're being told that Another Trump presidency will be chaos. Who gets to define what is chaos? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.